0: I don't know. I
1: Yes indeed, there are more questions than answers, like how did the Chinese manage to make a language solely out of tattoos? Hi America, hello world, my name is Adrian Lee and I am your host, welcome to the show More Questions Than Answers. Each week my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you, to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. She doesn't actually wake up. She's still snoring from previous Friday. She has a whole six months where she's sleeping like a bear. We have to roll (laughs) a stone in front of the bedroom. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and all value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So without any further ado, let us embrace this week's darkness. Let me start by introducing my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and adolescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather looked to avoid ever taking down Christmas lights ever again this week by turning her house into an Italian restaurant. Welcome to the show, Heather.
2: (laughs) Hello.
1: Molte bene. We also have with us the analytical and skeptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim applied this week to get a job as a statistician, but failed the interview when she said she 'd give a hundred and ten percent
3: to the show
1: Kim. Hello that is true isn 't it when people say I gave it a hundred and ten percent how's that even possible <laughs> and finally, on tonight 's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight 's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC Outside Broadcast Department. He's also a producer and sound mixer. Greg realised this week that a lot of the conflict that happened in the Wild West could have been avoided had the architects in those days just made their towns big enough for everyone. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Greg. That's a joy, isn't it? I love this show. I've ever mentioned that. Nope. (laughs) Series 2 episode 52 despite what greg says it's 52 if you dial the international code of 52 you will be put through to mexico now i only realized recently as a historian that the mexicans only had 1800 troops at the battle of the alamo and this of course was because they only had five cars to get them there (laughs) the number of white keys on a piano is 52 of course my dad once bought my mother a piano for her birthday Several months later, I asked how she was doing on it. He then said he persuaded her to swap it for a clarinet. So I asked, how come? and My dad said with a clarinet, she can't sing. Uh. There are, of course, 52 cards in a standard deck of cards. This is one good way, right, to get a professional card player off of your front porch. And that is to pay him for his pizza. Then he'll go away. There is a lovely Paul Newman. I love Paul Newman. Call hand Luke fabulous. There's a fabulous Paul Newman. He makes Paul dressings. Newman. He does make dressings. Well <laughs> spotted. I'm sure Paul Newman, if he was looking down with the numerous films he's made and his Hollywood career would probably think that making dressings was probably the least thing he'd probably want to be known
2: by. Oh, that's too bad.
1: But I suspect anyone under the age of 30 would probably only know him through his dressings. Probably. Probably. He had a lovely quote. He was obviously a very active poker player. He said, if you're playing a poker game and you look around the table and you can't tell who the sucker is, it's you. And I thought that was a fabulous quote. <laughs> I'm looking around the table now and I'm safe, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> who knew (sighs) coming up this week did you know on this very day on this very day this day 11th friday the 11th of march in 1818 mary shelley's frankenstein was first published we're not short there of 200 years are we a couple of years time 200 years since frankenstein you could argue that was the first ever science fiction book Sure. You'll be struggling to find one any earlier. Today's not a great day, actually. I looked this up. Today's not a great day. Disasters. Many disasters happened on the 11th of March. And this is, of course, the Ides of March coming up next week as well, the day which Julius Caesar was murdered on but this all happened on friday the 11th in 1864 there was the great sheffield flood in england which killed 238 people in 1888 there was the great blizzard of 1888 on the east coast of america which killed 406 people in 1918 on this very day the influenza outbreak began in fort riley in kansas and killed when it was finished this epidemic 20 million people worldwide and then in 2011 on this very day there was the earthquake in honshu in japan which led to the fukushima nuclear plant disaster so if you're listening to this show and you've made it through the day unscathed well done best if you stay inside for the rest of the evening i would suggest now you can contact me anytime we have a facebook site called more questions than answers with adrian lee all of tonight's stories are on there for you in glorious technicolor with photographs and videos and many many more stories that we can't fit in to a one-hour program we also have a youtube channel more questions than answers with adrian lee if you wish to access us on there we have many outtakes and funny incidents that you can listen to that can't go out live on air you'll understand that if you get to listen to those we'll get fined or at the very least removed. And of course, we have our archives on SoundCloud. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, we have our shows there over the last three years for you to access. And of course, we do a round called Not For Your Mother at the top of the hour, which doesn't go out live on air, but there's an extra 20 to 25 minutes with those archives in a round that we couldn't possibly put out live for fear of being fined or being removed. If People wish to write to me. We also have a Twitter account called Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. We currently have 78,000 followers on Twitter. So many thanks for everyone who is currently following us. Now, last weekend, we took a trip up to Walker, the Chase on the Lake Resort in Walker, one of the most haunted buildings in the whole of the Midwest. It was built in 1922, a lot of destruction, a lot of deaths up there. Very, very haunted. This is the eighth year I've now investigated with my team, the International Paranormal Society. Heather was with me, you came up. We took a large team. Up there with us, it's always a joy, isn't it, to come across the same people, the same guests, the same vendors. Do you enjoy meeting all these people? You bought one or two fabulous little bits and pieces, didn't you? There was crystals and rocks and
2: lots of fabulous vendors. Incense.
1: Mm -hmm. A fabulous weekend. I did a two days of a psychic workshop, a psychic development workshop. People can come along to these, spend the weekend in a fabulous five star spa resort, very haunted building. And uh, we do lectures and we do ghost hunts, of course, each evening, Friday and Saturday night. We go to three, four o'clock in the morning. We've got the run of the hotel. Very haunted building. We've got all the keys, haven't we? We can go wherever we want. We had a fabulous time. And uh, I'm going to talk now. I've got Sarah Hyatt on the line with me. She is the founder of C Paranormal. We're going to have a chat now. Hi, Sarah. How are you? How are you? Very well. Thank you for joining us on more questions than answers. Now, we spent a weekend at The Chase. You came and joined the International Paranormal Society all the way from Iowa. So many thanks. That's a bit of a trek, isn't it? A bit of a drive north for you there. It was. It
0: was about seven and a half hours.
1: Wow. I hope it was worth it.
0: Absolutely. I would definitely do it again.
1: You haven't been to the chase on the lake resort in walker before have you what did you just think of the hotel outside of the paranormal investigating what did you think of the location it
0: is beautiful granted it's just towards the end of winter so it would have been a little bit better if the weather had been a little nicer we could have walked around the town it looks awfully cute um
1: but the hotel was amazing it was it was gorgeous i never thought i'd ever live in a country where we think the weather's nice because it breaks zero i never thought that would ever happen in my life i've been here long enough now to say wow what a lovely day it's only zero i find that it's all about yardsticks isn't it it's about comparisons so we know the hotel's very haunted. We've been there many times in the past. And it has a history of death and of uh, illnesses, and it was once used as a morgue, of course, for soldiers during the Battle of Sugar Point. So that's quite the history. What do you recall? What was the one thing that stood out for you? Because you led a team with Adam, also from C Paranormal, there in Iowa. Uh, what did what stuck in your mind? What did you come across that you thought, "Wow, that was interesting."
0: You know, I love the bowling alley. Um, it, it's just such a unique experience when you can go into a place and turn off all the light so it is as dark as you think it can get. And then watch shadows and shapes that are darker than that dark move around. And... It's just, it's something that is so hard to explain to people who have never experienced it. But once they do, it's almost like you can't get enough of it. You want to keep seeing it because it's so unreal. And that for sure was one thing that was happening in there. And not only were we getting the shadows, but we were seeing light. Um, you and I shared an experience of seeing um, a, a relatively bright flash in a very dark room with literally no explanation for it whatsoever. Um, Several people reported seeing green light. Um, I know that my first group when we went in there uh, was me and Adam and some other ladies, and all of us were watching lights kind of dance on one of the walls. And you're talking about a room with no windows. So when I say there's no explanation, I mean there's no possible rational explanation other
1: than a paranormal experience you covered quite a lot of ground there of course you're right when we were sat doing that investigation i think it was on the second night there was a big flash of white light as if someone had let a flash off on a camera and uh, no one had a camera. It was very interesting. We both saw that phenomena, and I don't know how what caused that. That was very, very strange. And the lights that you talk about, one of the things I like doing as an investigator is that we all saw those green lights dancing around like orbs at the end of the bowling alley. But then we've got thermal imaging cameras that also capture... Those moments we can back up what we're seeing with our own eyes through the equipment and through the technology, and it makes it very hard to argue against when you can back those sources up from two or three separate places. Absolutely, I found that very interesting. There's no reason for the bowling alley to be haunted. I suspect the bowling alley was built on land and it was what was on the land before the bowling alley was constructed I don't think anything bad I mean I've had some nightmares in a bowling alley and not hit anything but I don't think there's a residual energy of poor bowling I think that particular piece of land used to be part of the old hotel that was there before 1922 and they've subsequently built on top of that and it's the land that's that's the haunted part of that
0: well and I know that and I don't I, you know, a part of my going to this event was because I want to learn to tap into what psychic abilities I may have. So any that I do have are very infantile at this stage of the game, so I don't claim to be able to see things or know things. But you do kind of get the feeling that it is um, kind of an elemental type um, entity, I guess. Um, you're not feeling like it's a person that they have necessary intentions towards you. They're just as curious as you are. Um, but I know that I had another gentleman, um, Brian, that was in the in the bowling alley with me, and he was experiencing kind of the same type of feeling, like it might be something that's more attached to the land than the hotel. So, yeah, I would, I would agree with your theory
1: there. And, of course, this is very interesting land. It was owned and belonged to the native american indians and the battle right. of sugar point was a fight uh, it was the last battle between the u.s army and the native american indians anywhere in america over the reservation and over yeah. logging and over that land so it has a very sacred significance for them for sure and you can easily believe can't you in the victorian period when you're seeing lights jumping around that you could yeah. label that to be a fairy for example there's an easy yeah. connection between the two isn't there
0: absolutely absolutely and it is ties right into things that people were experiencing in those days and ages when they didn't have the electronics and the lights like we do today. So, yeah.
1: Fabulous. Uh, Would you like to promote your team? Your C. Paranormal Investigations, of course, from Iowa. Would you like to talk a little bit about your team and how people can access you?
0: Absolutely. I won't even put you on the spot for what it stands for. Um, It's S-E-E, Paranormal. which stands for Seek, Experience, and Educate. Um, Our website is www.see-paranormal.com. And you can talk to us, and usually it's me, on Twitter at uh, see underscore paranormal, or you can email us at period E paranormal at gmail.com. Um, we are a relatively small group of about seven, um, located essentially in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, um, although we have uh, members all the way up to Minneapolis. Um, we're willing to help anybody who may need our help in any of the surrounding states, within reason, of course. Um, but, you know, we're just we're a group of people who are curious about the paranormal, looking for answers, want to educate ourselves as well as those who are also looking for answers too.
1: Am I right in thinking that if people have an issue and their houses are haunted and they're concerned, and they're based in Iowa, you don't charge to do an investigation. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We would never dream of charging uh, for any of our services. We're, we're learning just like anybody else. We're just here to kind of lead the way uh, to help anybody who might feel like they've got a paranormal problem. Um, we certainly want to do what we can to help you and uh, to try to Try to figure everything out together. Perfect. We've got some really fun things that are coming up in Iowa too. Um, some things that we're gonna to try to get the public involved in too. So we'll have those on our website coming
1: up too. So is it possible you could put all those details that you mentioned just now on the More Questions and Answers Facebook site and people can find those on there as well. Is that okay? Absolutely
0: I'd be happy to.
1: Perfect. Well, that's Sarah Hyatt. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you coming up and joining my team for the weekend, and hopefully we'll investigate together again soon. I hope so.
0: Always a great time.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Sarah's absolutely right there. When we were talking there, she mentioned the bowling alley as being very haunted, and I saw a lot of shadows in there myself, and uh, it's a very, very interesting building to be in greg who was with me several years ago with this thermal imaging camera caught this fabulous image of what looked like a demon figure kind of looking behind one of our investigators as if to look at the camera you know popping out from behind an investigator which was very interesting the highlight for me i don't know if you remember this greg but in november we investigated in what was the conference room and we set up a fishing bobber on a table and we used them as trigger objects and we were sat there minding our own business doing a vigil and I said could you move the fishing bobber? And all of a sudden this bobber launched itself across the room, bounced across the floor, hit the door, and you could almost see the tablecloth of where the bubble was positioned kind of going backwards and forwards. Do you remember that? Yep. That was, that was- a very Spooky. That was pretty spooky. Eh? Yeah, it's Greg scary. jumped. But, I mean, when a fishing bobber flies across a room in the complete darkness and you're quiet, we have every right to jump, of course. We didn't run around screaming, but it did make us jump. It focuses the mind, doesn't it? Let's yes, it say does. That. So when I went back there last weekend, I set the fishing bobber up in exactly the same location on my first vigil on Friday night was in exactly the same circumstances as we were there in november and i had paul with me who's my tech guy from st cloud and we sat there and exactly the same thing happened i set the bobber up in the same place and lo and behold it flies across the room it hits the door same things happen so the most amazing poltergeist activity but what was interesting for me i sit there as a psychic. And I had six investigators with me. They were guests that are paid to stay in the weekend for the hotel. This event was very well attended. I'll be posting pictures on my Facebook site if people wish to see the turnout and the numbers of people we had there. It was just awesome. So we sat there and I've got guests with me. I saw a spirit suddenly appear in the room and it was a woman. And she started walking around in the darkness, and I could see her in my third eye, and she started to look all the individuals in the room, so she kind of bends down just to have a look into their faces in the darkness to see who everybody is and I said to my team, "You might get the sensation of a breeze just going past you because I can see this spirit wandering around the room and I thought to myself that spirit wants to contact somebody in this room because they're looking specifically to see where that individual is sitting. And I described what the woman was wearing. I said she's wearing a white and green dress. And I suspected just psychically that she may have been buried in that dress. When a spirit comes through like this in this moment, it's normally what they've been buried in. And then this woman had a very, very unusual name. I'm not going to mention it live on air, but it wasn't like a Mary. Do you know what I mean? It was a very unusual name. Not many people are called this name. And I said, the woman's just given me her name and she wants to contact somebody in the room. And the lady next to me started crying quite reasonably. And it was her mother. And she said she'd spent, I think it was 27 years trying to get contact with her mother. And she arrived there and then, and I got her name psychically. And she said that she was actually buried in a green and white dress and she had that contact with her mother so if you come along to an investigation with my team and they will be advertised the locations we're at the st james hotel i believe we're going to be doing something there in may perhaps So, fingers crossed for that but if you keep an eye on our websites in you'll see where we are and there's every possibility this has happened before isn't it where we do an investigation with guests and there may be a guest with us and a deceased relative has trying to be contacting them for maybe years and years and years. And it's the first time they've actually been with a psychic. And that spirit does everything possible to try and make contact because you don't know when your living relative is going to be around a psychic again. And they're almost fighting to get their point across and get their information across. Does that make sense?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the highlight for me was making contact with her mother when she'd been waiting for so many years for that to happen. But I will go back just briefly with the bobber. When the bobber hit the floor, I jumped out of my seat, grabbed a K2 EMF meter, sprinted. You'd have been proud of me. I'm lucky I didn't get an injury with my ninja moves. And I ran over to the bobber and I was running a K2 meter over it as it was still rolling around the floor. And it spiked into the red and then dissipated. So I knew something had interacted with that bobber that had a lot of energy because it left a residual amount of energy on the object, which then dissipated that I actually managed to record. So anything flying around, you want to chase it with a K2 meter and get to it before that energy dissipates. But that was a fun and fabulous weekend. So, thank you to the guests and thank you for the staff of the Chase on the Lake Result in Walker. If people wish to go there, they can go to chaseonthelake.com and you'll see what a fabulous and wondrous building that is. We have a show. This is the first round. It is Ghosts and Hauntings. I will start the show to gain as many points as possible. I have a story that says man possessed by ghost runs into the road and launches a flying headbutt into a moving taxi in incredible dashcam footage. A man who was filmed deliberately charging at a taxi and diving headfirst into the windscreen has claimed he felt like a ghost. And he had his body possessed. <laughs> Shocking dashcam footage showing the man inexplicably run out into the middle of the road and straight towards the oncoming car has been viewed by millions since the bizarre incident took place last Friday. It captures the moment the 39-year-old emerges from the building and makes a beeline for the taxi before shattering the windscreen with his head. Remarkably, the man, only identified as Lai, was not seriously injured and was discharged from hospital in Hong Kong on Saturday with cuts to his legs and a large head bandage. This is the charge of the Lai Brigade. (laughs) Some viewers have claimed the stunt was an insurance scam or that Lai was trying to deliberately injure himself in order to claim compensation. But in an interview with Oriental Daily, Lai said he was unable to truly explain his actions, saying he felt like a ghost had possessed his body. Why would I do that for the money? I can't claim anything. I did it myself, said Lai who then later added that he was once financially compensated after being hit by a car. Uh (laughs) With a name like Lie, I'm not sure that I believe him. Two (laughs) points for me. (laughs) Heather, what have you got tonight first in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings?
2: I have a woman who is steamed to death by witch doctors in an attempt to dispel ghosts.
1: Steamed to death, scalded is a terrible thing, isn't it? When you get a scald, there's nothing more painful other than treading on a Lego brick, I believe.
2: Oh, A woman in southwest China's Sichuan province has died after taking part in an exorcism on February 27th. Her family had hired two witch doctors to help her get rid of the disclosed illness that she had, supposedly. But it's undisclosed
1: now. I bet her skin was good when she was finished, though.
2: Oh, she died.
1: Oh, not so funny. Not Not so funny. Not so funny.
2: Police are now investigating the details behind the woman's death. According to the villager named Lou... So we've the, got,
1: I've got a line, you've got a Lou.
2: I've got a Lou. The woman had suffered from an unidentified illness for years and had often been heard crying out in pain. Lou says on February 27th he heard people crying and went to discover what was going on. The woman was actually sealed in a large barrel, which was then being heated by a vat of boiling water underneath.
1: Well, thanks for cheering us all up. I know. There's nothing funnier, is there, on a paranormal entertainment show. You did the skin
2: joke. That was terrible.
1: That is true. But I did give myself <laughs> points for that. Well, to the- be fair, at that stage, I didn't have all the details in my possession, did I? To be fair.
2: <laughs> well, you need to wait for the details in.
1: <laughs> well, before I'm funny?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: make well, me look terrible. You set me up every week. I do. You give me a couple of lines to work with. Mm-hmm. I crack a funny. And then the most terrible things are afterwards. The woman was boiled to death. And I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. I shouldn't have made the joke, well, right?
2: You probably shouldn't have. When the local vill- villagers told them to stop, the two doctors. doctors. Doctors replied that the screams were not in fact coming from the woman, but were actually coming from the devil. Oh my. I know, right? They said they needed to continue to drive the ghost away. Villagers took no notice and helped to free the woman then.
1: Since when have demonic entities been afraid of steam? They live in hell with all the sulfur and fire and brimstone. The least thing you're going to do to a demon is attack it with fire because where they come from is constantly burning.
2: I don't know. It's more I questions know. than answers. It is more
1: questions than answers.
2: When they managed to release her from the barrel, they discovered that her face had turned black and she was unable to stand.
1: Is there anything else you want to add to this? Did they then go <laughs> and shoot her dog and torture her family? Yeah, they
2: added water, some onions and carrots. That's right. right song. <laughs> People immediately went looking for medical help while others helped to take her into the house. However, shortly after the rescue attempt, the woman died. The witch doctors have now been detained by local police pending further
1: investigation. Hmm. Wow. Well, well. Anything else you want to do to bring the tone of the show down? Or? Boiling a ghost? Should we talk about the assassination of JFK or should we talk about the influenza outbreak of 1918? Come
2: now. Should we discuss leprosy? It was an was interesting you? story. It was.
1: I have many stories coming later, actually, that involve exorcisms. See? I know. No I'm one on got it. Boiled. I'm a psychic. Yes, you are. You're on minus two. Oh. <laughs> Watch if you dare, world's most haunted jail where mysterious poltergeist has a habit of pulling hair. Well, I better keep my shirt on then. (laughs) With its long history of haunting and a ghost that is not afraid to go bump in the night, it's a wonder anyone would want to spend time in this former jail. But that's exactly what an abandoned location photographer has done, spending time in this haunted facility, capturing a series of spooky images. Will Ellis visited the creepy cell block, which still contained the remains of furniture and messages in graffiti. The Essex County Jail in New Jersey, USA, opened its doors in 1837 and contained a total of 300 cells. It is a hotbed of paranormal activity with many reports of cold spots, shadowy figures and disembodied footsteps. And according to Ghost Eye's blog, while it was closed down for public use many years ago, there's still a few remnants left over from the past. It says a former security guard tells the story of an old man brown who still watches over the cell blocks. The worst thing to hear in a prison cell is that you're going to get old man brown. You hear what I'm saying? It is believed that this is the spirit of a former warden. There are many places where people get the feeling they are not alone in small places or that they're being watched. And these instances are usually attributed to the ghost of old man brown bit scooby-doo that wasn't (laughs) it it's old man brown from the amusement arcade perhaps concurrent with these hauntings people can often hear phantom footsteps close to the old warden's quarters which was always patrolled regularly by guards the most flamboyant story about essex county penitentiary is the inmate in the central hall who managed to commit suicide by lighting himself on fire The man managed to pull this off is still a mystery, but the fire had consumed 90% of his body, so he left his fireproof shoes on then. There is still a charred mark on the concrete outside the cell in the shape of a man in the fetal position, which is typical in such burning deaths. The spirit that is said to haunt this section of the jail seems to be angry and violent, as this is where the abusive EVPs have been captured and pushies and hair-pulling have occurred. The jail was closed in 1970 and has since become a haven for abandoned photographs who document its decaying state. Photographer Will 26 said the place is completely overgrown, so you really can't get a good look at the building from the outside, and half of it is in ruins. But when you first enter the cell block, it's breathtaking. Essex County was designed by British architect John Havilland, who also designed the renowned Eastern State Penitentiary. The jail, which was also known as the Newark Street Jail, is the oldest building in the county and was once used to shoot scenes in the 1991 movie Malcolm X, which starred Denzel Washington. If you wish to go and see the fabulous photographs taken in Essex, county jail you can visit our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee kim welcome to the show what have you got tonight for me in the round of ghosts and hauntings
3: an elevator crew improperly cuts off the power and finds woman's corpse one month later Ooh. I thought I'd bring the show up too. Oh Ooh. wow. <laughs> Yay! Yeah.
1: Yay, everyone's at home having a really miserable yeah. time. I know it's Friday. We've had a hard week at work. We'll tune into Adrian and his friends and it'll cheer us up for the weekend with his wit and fun and repartee and light entertainment banter.
3: Yay! But <laughs> well, you Yay. had you had a person named Lai, she had a person named Lou. Maybe you can bring them up by singing Loop De Loo.
1: There we go. You can start Kim off you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, Beijing, the discovery of a woman's corpse in an elevator in the Chinese city of Xi'an has led to the detention of an elevator maintenance crew who improperly cut off the power to the elevator a month ago without checking to see if anyone was inside.
1: (laughs) What a ridiculous (laughs) thing to do. Uh,
3: In a statement posted Saturday. See, here we go. All on a Saturday night. The Geelong district government said two maintenance workers turned off the power source on January 30 to the elevator in a residential building after they were called to check on a glitch. When a crew returned a month later on March 1st for repairs, they found a female corpse there, the government said.
1: Surely the smell. The smell is the first thing.
2: Well, the screams.
1: Yeah, banging Mm -hmm. on the door. Something. That's your worst nightmare, isn't it? Oh, God. God, this is the scariest show I've ever done. <laughs> I'm saying I'm concerned about, like, I've been thinking about being steamed alive. I've considered this, I've now been trapped in an elevator. Yeah. It's shocking.
3: Uh, the woman was identified as a 43 year old resident who was living by herself. Police ruled out any foul play, but concluded her death was caused by the gross negligence on the part of the maintenance crew in a case of involuntary manslaughter. China has poor records on workplace safety where proper safety procedures and practices are routinely ignored. In July, a Chinese woman was killed as she was swallowed by a mall escalator.
1: A mollusk? Well, like a giant snail. A, was mall on a
3: escalator.
1: Oh. That's less fun. I yes. was thinking a giant snail had appeared and it was Steve Newman again. and It was like 1958. <laughs> attack of the snail. You're running away. Mm. It'd be like a zombie attack, wouldn't it? If you're running away from a snail, I mean, you could just stroll, couldn't you, to be honest? You could kind of read a book, stroll, you know, go and feed the birds. I mean, if you're being attacked by a giant snail, you've got time on your hands. And then all you would need is some salt. All's required at that point is some salt. That's a very short B movie. So Not now, much of a narrative.
2: So now we have to be scared of being boiled alive. Yes. Being trapped in an elevator.
1: Or doing a radio an escalator, show.
2: And being... Or a snail. Ate by an escalator.
1: Yes. Or being trapped in a studio with three Americans who don't get my sense of humour late on a Friday night. Any of those things. By the way, is she climbing a stairway to heaven now? She hasn't got... No, okay. <laughs> Heather, what have you got for me now? In the round of Ghosts and Haunted, you're currently on minus two.
2: I've got Anthony Stallard, fine for pretending to be a ghost in the cemetery in
1: Portsmouth. Ooh, he put a sheet over his head and run around with his willy out. I don't know, what? There was more than two <laughs> holes oh, in the sheet.
2: Oh, no. No, no. it was a
1: three-holed sheet that he's ghost that's had. That's the
2: last story.
1: That is, that's for the last round. Yeah. We won't go there. We'll just pretend.
2: A man who pretended to be a ghost <laughs> by shouting out Ooh, Ooh. at mourners in the cemetery has been fined.
1: Do you know what? The worst thing to do is not to dress up as a ghost and then go up to mourners in a cemetery and go. Ooh. The best thing to do is to dress up as a clown. With the big shoes and a big wig. And as the hearse hearse goes past, you're kind of doing that sign you do when you're crying.
2: "Mm." Nobody can see you. This is radio.
1: I know, but I'm doing the actions anyway. People know what I'm doing. (laughs) You you can get like a gag where there's tears coming out of your eyes. So dressing up as a ghost is all very well and good when you're at someone's graveside. But you'd be better off if you were dressed as a clown and you were pretending to cry in a very sarcastic manner. I'm just saying there's no creativity, is there?
2: You're terrible. Anthony Stallard had been kicking a football around in the Hampshire graveyard with a friend while also making spooky noises close to people visiting the graves of their loved ones. This is what a really a depressing
1: show. I can't believe. What happened to the fun and <laughs> Police say so miserable
2: on a Friday evening. Police were alerted and arrested and charged Stallard 24 with using threatening or abusive words or behavior likely to cause distress. Prosecutor Tim Conkany, con yeah. Yes. He said he was throwing himself backwards, waving his arms about and going Ooh.
1: That's more activity than you got <laughs> on the weekend on your ghost hunts.
2: That's true. Uh, I'm assuming he was pretending to be a ghost.
1: Pretending to yeah. be a ghost.
2: The incident happened in Kingston Cemetery in Portsmouth. Stallard was fined £35 for his behaviour, as well as being ordered to pay the victim's surcharge of £20 and court costs of a further £20. Three months were also added to an existing suspended 12-month sentence as a result of his actions. Little bugger.
1: Who takes a sheet with them on a day out? He He didn't wear a sheet. He just went... Oh, there was no sheet involved. He was just making the noises. Wee-oo. I understand that. Yes, I get that. <laughs> jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Uh,
2: was he doing that? Was yeah. that what he <laughs> doing, was it?
1: I have a story here that says spooked footage shows ghost-like object floating above an organ in a haunted ancient cathedral. It is said to be haunted by the ghost of plague victims, a spooky cleric and a chaotic imp that caused havoc until it was turned to stone. And now a day-tripper may have captured one of those strange apparitions in the flesh. How do you catch an apparition in the flesh? Apparitions don't have any flesh. It's an oxymoron, isn't it? It's like Dodge Ram or I'm Slightly Pregnant or Military Intelligence. Oxymoron. Isn't
2: Possession... Catching one in
1: the flesh? Isn't possession catching one in the flesh? Mm-hmm. I don't understand where we're going if with this. If the
2: spirit's inside your body, it's inside your flesh. Ta-da!
1: Yes. It's like, da-da, like the ghost just steps out and goes, da-da. (laughs) I want an out-of-body experience, right? Where I'm sitting in bed trying to astral project and my spirit steps out of my body, looks at me and goes, da-da. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Quick, get in my body. You're running around trying to catch it with a net. My spirit's left my body. If I don't get it back inside, I'm going to die.
2: Catch him in the flesh. There we
1: go. (laughs) I want to do a ghost investigation now where someone puts a sheet over their head, steps out and goes, (laughs) (laughs) ta-da! And watch people running around like you've just dropped a big bag of whoppers on the concrete floor at Walmart and they're all going in different directions. (laughs) That's a joy, isn't it? Paul Jackson took the bizarre footage whilst visiting the ancient Gothic building with his son, the 46-year-old IT engineer. I was going to say it. The 46-year-old IT engineer caught what appears to be a sprightly spirit passing across the width of the willis organ while on the roof tour you can create your own jokes i'm not being taken <laughs> off air for that he explained we didn't spot anything strange at the time but when i was reviewing the footage i noticed an orb and thought what on earth is that i didn't know what it was Paul shared the mysterious video on his YouTube channel, where it has been viewed 14,000 times. Several users commented on the spooky clip, offering their ideas for what the ghostly shadow could be. Dean Edelston suggested it was a ghoul. He said, guards the church, grounds for night hawkers. While David Hopper wrote, wow, very spooky. Others were more sceptical of the sighting, with some claiming it was a reflection or a pigeon or even a hoax. Or It'd be one a of those pigeon. one of those organ playing pigeons that you read so mm. much about. Paul told the Lincolnshire Echo himself he was not convinced it was a ghost, but said it was certainly a bit of a laugh. He said I personally think the best explanation is that it's a high powered flashlight from the tour below the organ. I only thought that high powered flashlights and organs were involved if you're actually in the military. I know what they get up to in the mess huts to entertain themselves late at night. I love the cathedral. It's a stunning building. So I hope the video will encourage more people to go on cathedral tours and see it for themselves. If people wish to see the apparition passing in front of the large, huge organ plunging itself into the roof of the church, they're more than welcome to do so if they go to my Facebook site. More questions. Van Answers, we run into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. Let's have lots of stories that are going to make us very miserable and depressed on a Friday afternoon, shall we? This is the first recording of an alien voice UFO fans think. If it's true, it's the biggest moment in human history. We are reading out, as we speak, the biggest moment in human history. Are you prepared? Have you braced yourself, madam? No. Okay. You've had prior warning, okay? (laughs) A recording received from an alien saying, Hello, I am Shaver. I receive your message. I come from a world away from yours. But even hardened UFO fans are having trouble believing the recording released by the Shaver Project, which its creator claims was received by NASA's Curiosity rover. Its creator claims that the message, in English, delivered in a distorted voice over a chorus of bleeps, was transmitted, sounds like a radio show, it's a message delivered in English, (laughs) delivered by a load of distorted voices and a chorus of beeps, was transmitted to the NASA rover in response to a 1977 NASA message. So when someone says to you, I'll get back to you, and they leave a message, it's pretty impressive if that message is then received 29 years later. If you, any of you around this table call me and leave a message, I will be sure to get back to you in 29 years' time. How's that? Creator Victor says they used curiosity to retrieve the signal. The signal came from a probe. It contained sounds and images. The probe contained a disk. This disc was a response to the message of Voyager in 1977, the first extraterrestrial contact in the history of mankind. This is the message found in the probe. Victor remains coy about how he acquired the recording, claiming he was told about it by a mysterious contact who has since died of cancer. I'm sorry, this appears to be an episode of The X-Files. I'm reading a script for next week's X-Files. The message seems strangely familiar from Earth science fiction films, including the phrase, I come in peace. The full message says, I'm going to read this exactly how this message was delivered. OK, it says, hello, I am shave. I receive your message. I come from a world far away from yours. You are not alone. I hope you receive mine. I hope you understand my message. I try to learn your language. Now I am explorer, voyager, creator. You are my first contact. I am not your enemy. I come in peace. Do you think there's a Rossetti stone for aliens? Do you think they're out there learning the English language?
2: That's terrible. I don't believe it. This is how it's
1: written. If anyone would have just tuned in, they'd have thought I was having a stroke and I couldn't read properly. But that's how it says. That's the message, apparently. That's come from outer space excellent you braced yourself for the biggest moment in human history was it a letdown or was it right up there yeah okay heather what have you got for me tonight <laughs> yeah. in the round i'm gonna give myself points regardless i think that's fabulous i'm gonna have four great what have you got in ufos and cryptozoology it's green men and hairy beasties well i have
2: pudong terrorized by a mysterious blood-sucking creature that has slaughtered 200 chickens and ducks.
1: I've not had blood in my Pudong. That's terrible.
2: Uh, in an eerie string of vampire-esque attacks on poultry, villager-
1: Vampire ass attacks?
2: Villagers <laughs> in suburban Pudong are on the watch for a mysterious animal believed to have killed nearly 200 chickens and ducks in the last few weeks.
1: We call- That's a fox in Britain, we call that yeah next oh
2: well the animal has only left one startling clue a four-toed footprint embedded in the mud about the size of a child's hand and it doesn't resemble a dog so So it's one footed
1: as well it's only got one foot
2: maybe just hopping along
1: that's right it's one of those hopping vampires you see
2: over the past week villagers have said many of their birds have been killed along with a few farmed rabbits the method of slaughter has been consistent throughout instead of Chowing down on the carcass itself, the animal has been drinking the blood of its victims after mauling them to death.
1: Wow, way to cheer us all up. (laughs) I know, right? Let's have the massacre of 200 innocent animals to cheer us all up. The boiling
2: of humans. Yeah, the
1: exploding of
2: people. The trapping of elevators. It's all fun
1: and games, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Villagers have suspected that the animal is an escapee from the Shanghai Wild Animal Park. Uh, but the park has reported that none of its animals are missing. And to be they,
1: fair, they're not going to say, oh, we've lost a cheetah, are they? Do you know what I'm... Yeah, you know?
2: well, they don't have a chupacabra anyway, so no. it doesn't matter. Experts from the park have tried to help by setting up traps, such as an iron cage with chickens hanging inside, but to no avail, the thing is too smart. One resident named Lin, here we go again, spoke to Shanghai Daily about his loss. He said, I had 23 ducks and 12 chickens, all dead... My neighbour lost 29 chickens. Lin this is lin. the
1: Chinese news of the week we're doing lin, here. Lin, lun, lun. We've had a liar, a lu and a lin. Yeah, it's this true. Is the lin, Chinese. I see it. This is the Chinese week's news we're reading out here. This is, the, <laughs> this is we're reading out the news on the Beijing 6 o'clock television station. I
2: think so. <laughs> Villagers say that they ruled out stray dogs as culprits since the footprints do not match and the bite marks are way too big. Some worry that soon the creature will grow tired of eating and drinking chicken and go right after humans next. Police- now
1: work his way onto Burger King and McDonald's.
2: Oh, okay. Police are currently investigating the series of strange occurrences. For now, we would recommend hiding your poultry and kids at night just to be on the safe side.
1: Fantastic. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology?
3: Is their name long?
1: Lee? No. (laughs) Long? Lee? Lie? Make it Lou?
3: I had to be different.
1: Well, you actually got a story that's upbeat and funny. (laughs) Yay! Who knew?
3: A meteor suspected as mystery flashlights up Scottish sky.
1: Oh, this is Scotland now.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Scientists say a meteor was the cause of a bright flash of light reported by people across Scotland and northern England. Police Scotland said the force began receiving calls at about 6.55 p.m., Monday, with people reporting a loud bang, a sudden blue, green, or white light, or a fireball in the sky. They can't decide what color it is? No. Scotland. (laughs) Got choices. They're all
1: drinking. They've no idea. They've got a clue. It could be anything.
3: Several drivers caught the sudden flash and streak of light on their dashboard cameras. Driving instructor Bill Addison said it looked like a bright electric blue spark. I thought it was a plane coming down at first, but it was moving too fast. The U.K. Weather Forecasting Service, uh, the Met Office, said Tuesday the incident wasn't weather-related and the U.K. Defense Ministry wouldn't comment on whether the flash was linked to military activity in the area. Steve Owens, manager of the Glasgow Science Center Planetarium, said the likely culprit was a chunk of space rock about the size of a tennis ball or maybe even a watermelon that was burning up in the atmosphere.
1: A tennis ball or a watermelon? So hang on, it could be anything between the size of a tennis ball and a watermelon. It could be green, yellow, blue, red, and what? Uh,
3: Blue, green, white, or a fireball.
1: So if anyone in Scotland has seen something blue, green, red, or white, (laughs) or a fireball or anything between the size of a tennis ball and a melon, they need to get in contact with the Meteorological Office of Great Britain there you
2: go fabulous (laughs) it's these
1: kind of defining stories that are making this the best paranormal talk radio show in the whole of the midwest you realize this
2: yes for china
1: we're gonna move into the round (laughs) you say that there's a fine line isn't there we move into the round of the strange and the bizarre greg is on one point i am on four heather's on minus two Uh and kim is on Three, everything is to play for. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round? I'm getting
2: extra points.
1: Well, let's not be hasty.
2: I'm not hasty. I got a local story. Ooh. Oh,
1: it's from Beijing. (laughs)
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Shunang province. Florida.
2: It's really local.
1: Really local. Really local. It's it's Grim and Keg. Grimm Grimm and and Keg. Keg. It's Grimm and Keg's house.
2: I have a dog spotted behind the wheel in a rolling semi-crash. Oh, yes, I've heard this, Which happened in Mankato, Minnesota.
1: Oh, I've got an event there tomorrow. If people are around, (laughs) if people are in Mankato... Watch out for those dogs. Tomorrow, I am doing readings all day (laughs) at the Psychic... Health and Wellness Expo in Mankata at the Marriott Hotel next to Shields in the shopping mall. There's over 6,000 vendors. If people want to come and say hello, if they want a reading, I'm doing a ghost hunting 6, 101.
2: 6,000 vendors?
1: 6,000 People. People.
2: Vendors. That's a
1: big one. That's a big one. I don't know how we're going to get in the conference room. They're going to be hanging out of windows, I tell you. The catering staff have got five loaves of bread and two (laughs) fishies.
2: Well, if you're heading to Mankato, watch out for those dogs. As a dog was found behind the steering wheel of a semi that rolled into a Minnesota gas station last friday afternoon the mankato did the dog public- have
1: a license though probably i bet in minnesota you could probably get a license
2: he, dogs should have licenses they haven't got poseable
1: thumbs how can they can <laughs> operate blinkers they've not thought this through it's madness
2: well the semi was parked and idling before being put into gear it crashed into a tree in front of the quick trip gas station around 2 p.m in an onlunk Looker found a Labrador retriever in the truck's cab while entering the out-of-control vehicle to place it into park. Witness David Stagora told the Mankato Free Press he saw the car crash into the tree before noticing the dog in the front seat.
1: Had he been drinking, though? That's the key.
2: I don't know. Maybe. Imagine his breath of ice <laughs> in it.
1: Blow into that.
2: I heard the tree snap and I thought somebody decided to turn around, but then it just kept going forward, he said. State patrol took on an accident report but it was unclear whether the dog played a factor in the crash (laughs) (laughs) can you see mugshots now all i know all i know is a labrador (laughs) another
1: usual suspects lineup that i wouldn't want to be involved in i'm standing there there's a labrador a great dane an alsatian and a sausage dog can number two go (laughs) Number two, so.
2: <laughs> I actually saw a picture of this and the dog was just looking out the window.
1: Right. Casually. <laughs> listening to the radio with a cigarette. Did he have tattoos?
2: Uh, probably.
1: <laughs> dog's looking out the window. <laughs> he was. Trying to look innocent. Wasn't me. Didn't do anything. <laughs> Shocking.
3: When the uh, electronic uh, locks on the doors first came out, I used to take my dog to Casey's all the time to get a candy bar. And he'd get so excited when I came back. And I got the, had this different car with the electronic locks. And he jumped up on there and locked me out. And it was winter. Oh. I had to call and have somebody bring me a second set of keys to get in. It was running and everything.
1: See, he could have driven off to Mankato. They could have had a party. Yeah. Terrible. Mm-hmm. I know what it was. It was a cat driving another car. And the dog wanted to chase the cat in the other car and put the... Laurie, into no, this is where we are. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> no, this no, no, doesn't work, does it? I, I did have an a, uh, accident that a dog backed into my blazer one time. Really? Guy okay, got out of the his pickup truck. Is parked in the grocery store parking lot. He went in to get his groceries. The dog was jumping around and knocked
2: it into reverse. Backed out across the street and pushed my blazer up on the sidewalk.
1: Backed out into the street. <laughs> Watch
2: out for those dogs. Yeah, this those is dangerous. Minnesota dogs are nasty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke in there, but. I'm not going to do it. No, it's Don't too, do it. Too soon. I'm going to bring the tone down once more of a six satanic ritual. Group of friends killed Pal in cult ceremony to turn him into a vampire. Tragic restaurant worker Edrian Palmer, 24, died after being strangled, beaten and slashed in the neck with a broken bottle. The horrific crime happened near the regional congress building in Chihuahua in the north of Mexico. But I can change that to China if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, what I was a dog. I know it is. Thank you for sharing that. There's no points to be had. When I first arrived in this country and I went to Walmart, I saw that there was Chihuahua cheese, and I was petrified. I thought there was rows and rows of battery-farmed dogs with little Mexican children milking them, and I thought it was oh, dog milk. Whatever. I did honestly. I didn't realize that was a region. I didn't know. That's what silly. do you see when you see Chihuahua cheese? What do you think that's going to be? I'm not eating dog cheese. I draw the line at dog cheese. I'm sorry. Cat cheese fine, dog cheese no. The crime took place during an initiation ceremony led by a satanic sect called Sons of Baphomet 1, during which the victim was supposed to become a vampire. There we go. Didn't know that. Didn't kill any chickens, though. The other two suspects were named as Gustavo Dorantes, 18, and Omar Sanchez, 25. Police say Edwin was killed after being fooled into taking part in an initiation ceremony to become part of a satanic cult called the Sons of Baphomet 1. How does one get fooled? into taking part in a satanic ritual. Do you say, oh, don't worry about the goat. Don't worry about the goat. Don't look at the goat. The goat's got nothing to do with you. Ignore the goat. Oh, the altar. No, that's one of those IKEA bookshelf beds that you can get now. How do you get that into that?
2: No idea. How do you get tricked
1: into doing a satanic ritual without knowing? They
2: had cookies.
1: Police were alerted last Tuesday after his body was found abandoned in the street, <laughs> wrapped inside two plastic bags, in what detectives believe was a botched attempt to pass the murder off as a drug drug related crime officers found traces of the victim's blood inside the cyber cafe which belongs to the older of the two men being held in the sect is this the definition of cyber sex do you see what i did there terrible a local paper identified Iveth lopez the brunette arrested over Edwin's murder as a facebook user who had used the fake name eleanor molina and described herself as a trainee police officer her current cover photo is a disturbing modified version of leonardo da vinci's last supper with the 12 disciples covered in blood and a satanic like figure in jesus placed standing over his corpse laid out on the table this is a very very unhappy jesus who tells his disciples time and times again that he's on a low carb diet yet they still give him bread to bless and to eat and it was the straw that broke the camel's back and he just flipped out and sometimes it's the smallest thing isn't it that suddenly switches on that switch is where we are we enter into our final round now that is called not for your mother it's the stories from around the week that are laden with innuendo that are too rude to read out live on air so if your mother's in the room And she's of a nervous disposition if she's delicately inclined. You need to remove if there's any small minors in the room. They also need to be taken outside. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother?
2: I have a man who admits robbing a bank with a sex toy that looked like a bomb.
1: Wow. (laughs) Put your hands in your air. In your hair? Put your hands up, your bum.
2: Put your what? hands in my hair.
1: <laughs> and no one gets hurt. Put your hands up, your bum. <laughs> oh, wow. It?
2: A Western Pennsylvania man has pleaded guilty to robbing a bank with a fake bomb made out of phone wires, duct tape, and a sex toy. The Pittsburgh Tribune Review reports that Aaron Stein pleaded guilty on Thursday to charges including robbery, aggravated assault, and and making bomb threats in the last June crime.
1: Making bomb threats and robbery.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. An attorney for the 36-year-old Pittsburgh man says he discovered that $9,000 he had invested to cover his approaching honeymoon, was gone. The attorney says desperation drove him to don an Iron Man mask
1: and to
2: take a fake bomb (laughs) to threaten tellers and rob a bank in Crafton Bank, just west of Pittsburgh. Stein's bond was revoked until his May 31st sentencing. So good luck, Aaron Stein, with your little...
1: So basically what he did was he got a sex toy... Yeah, and he put some wires in it and made it look like a bomb.
2: Yeah, Yeah. so (laughs) dynamite. Yeah, dynamite.
1: (laughs) He he sprayed it red and put TNT on it.
2: Acme Company.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No wonder that Roadrunner was fast. You wouldn't want to get near that, would you? I have a story that says old couples celebrated getting engaged with bachelor and bachelorette strippers and all. Yay! I like and all.
2: How old were they?
1: Well, we're coming to this. Mm. The couple's beautiful love story began on a coach trip for pensioners, Celebrated getting engaged to be married with wild parties. Grandmother Marina Carter, 80, nice. will tie the knot with lifelong bachelor Cliff Hayes on his 80th birthday next week. Nice. She likes old age creeping over her. Cliff wanted a traditional bachelor <laughs> night and hired a stripper for 20 of his friends, aged between 75 and 86. How many died? Well, one had a stroke, but the others <laughs> the others couldn't reach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. He had a fun night in his local pub while Marina and her friends held an Ann Summer's party on the same night. Retired postman Cliff said... I've never been married before, so I wanted to do things traditional and have a stag do. We call them a stag do, a bachelor party. A stag party. do? A, stag and a hen party and a stag do is where we are. Oh, boy. I got my old friends together and we brought in a stripper for the night. It was a lot of fun and the young lady pulled me out to dance with her. What was that? Pulled him out oh to God. dance with her. I don't think Marina minded too much. She's seen the photographs. So have I. They've been posted all over the social media. And let me just say, the stripper was half his age. She was 40. (laughs) (laughs) The pair met a year ago on an old folks outing to the Seaside Hotel in Cornwall. They were sitting close to each other on the coach, but didn't talk during the 250-mile trip. That sounds like a trip with my parents. (laughs) But on the second night of their stay, Marina asked Cliff to dance, and then they just clicked. My dad said that when my mother saw his browsing history. Cliff moved in with Marina four months later. I suppose at 80, you haven't got much time to waste, have you? Every second needs to be grasped. Mm -hmm. He's been squeezing the pips out of it ever since. The pair have spent the last two months together organising their church wedding for 70 guests in Marina's hometown of Temby. Apparently, he proposed after Christmas dinner. It was the stuffing that did it, I suspect. Heather, (laughs) let's go to Kim. What have you got for me tonight, Kim, in the round of Not For Your Mother?
3: Alabama lawmaker introduces sex offenders castration bill. Ooh, Montgomery, Alabama. An Alabama lawmaker has a plan to permanently and physically punish someone convicted of certain sex offenses against children. The bill known as HB 365 would make those sex offenders have to get surgically castrated before they leave prison. HB 365 was introduced by State Representative Steve Hurst, Republican from Calhoun County.
1: <laughs> oh, It's not that funny, Kim, if you've got those bits and pieces, I can assure you. If you've got the twig and berries, it's not funny. I,
3: I'm trying to picture the people that they would employ to take care of this. That's what oh, I was thinking, wow. actually. Uh, He said the bill would be for sex offenders over the age of 21 that committed sex offenses against children 12 years old and younger.
1: Do you think there's like a youth training scheme? Do you think that they train you up? You know, you're standing there, you're ready to be castrated, and there's just some spotty youth that says, oh, it's only my second day, I'm in training.
2: I think they should put those sheep castrators on.
1: I don't what the ones that it's the rubber band. It's a rubber band, and it kind of falls off over
2: after a period of time. It just
1: fell off. It went purple and fell off.
2: Brings something new to balls dropping, doesn't it?
1: I want to go to a wedding where you bring something (laughs) old, something new, and then something blue. What's that? It's terrible. It's a purse. Coin purse. (laughs) Coin purse. Coin purse.
2: You can't even talk properly, can you?
1: Well, I've got my eyes watering at this stage.
2: (laughs) Why are you crossing (laughs) your legs?
1: Jesus, I mean, I don't use it very often, but it's nice to know it's there, right? (laughs) What, your coin purse? That's right, exactly. I've got a small amount of change for you, madam. Hold out your hand. (laughs) (laughs) All 31 cents.
3: Made with real alligator skin.
1: (laughs) God, God, make it snappy. Uh,
3: Hearst says that they have marked this child for life and the punishment should fit the crime. It's not the first time he introduced the bill. I had people call me in the past when I introduced it and said, don't you think this is inhumane? I asked them, what's more inhumane than when you take a little infant child and you sexually molest that infant child when the child cannot defend themselves or get away? And they have to go through all the things they have to go through. If you want to talk about inhumane, that's inhumane.
1: See, we went with the burning and we went with the scalding. we went with the trapped in the elevator. See, we never covered that, did we? No, no, we now it's full were, circle. The full, so we've got all our bases mm-hmm. covered now, haven't we, in terms of misery and depression?
2: Yeah, you had a murder.
1: I did have a murder. You See? had chickens. You had 300 innocent chickens being slaughtered.
2: Innocent chickens. It was just chickens.
1: Just chickens. So How they do you could know have they been were guilty. Innocent? Yes, some of them deserved it, no doubt. They were a little bit clucky. Oh, I can believe it. <laughs> what have you got for me tonight to round off before we get taken off of the air?
2: I'm going to Devon.
1: You're going to Devon. That's near Cornwall. Is that a street.
2: good place or no?
1: They've got. Tell web, me about yeah, Devon. We'll tell you about Devon. Yes. I've been there many times on holiday. It's got because it's a fun story. Go on. Well, hmm. is this a story about me? No. You've been talking to my mother again. You didn't come from here, did you? No, I took my campervan to Devon. Though the best surf is on the coast of Devon. They'll the stop at
2: Toilet around there?
1: I'm sure when I was in Devon, I went to the toilet. I can't hold it in for two weeks, can I?
2: Well, here's the story. Devon village toilets are closed after a bearded man in a wedding dress propositions a local.
1: Wow. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king.
2: Uh, The gents' toilets in a sleepy Devon village have been closed indefinitely after they became a popular meeting place for... Bound chicken, wow, wow, gay sex. Well,
1: I want to know where this town is. Well, the shock. Not because I'm interested in gay sex <laughs> in toilets, <laughs> but I've spent a lot of time in Devon. I've now an interest in this story.
2: Um, I think we It'll might come. get to that. Get yeah, to shock parish councillors took the decision after a local was propositioned by a bearded man in his late fifties or sixties, wearing a white wedding dress. It's a nice, nice day, day for, for a, a
1: white, white wedding. <laughs>
2: Start again.
1: <laughs> hey, little sister, what have you done?
2: <laughs> the conveniences are being advertised on a seedy website, complete with directions and the best times to visit. More than 10,000 people have viewed the listing, which also has a
1: star rating. If you turn up and there's a big man in a dress, are you supposed to tie the <laughs> knot?
2: Oh, he just wanted to get married. He's got
1: Congregial rights at that stage. Mm.
2: But the Newton Popple Poppleford Poppleford Newton Parish. Poppleford, yeah, Do you know where on. that's? I've at? heard
1: of it. I've not been there.
2: Well, anyway, their parish council has closed the male facilities until further notice.
1: So the men are now going in the women's. That's why he didn't I dress don't know, on
2: probably. <laughs>
1: To be fair, if that's Devon, that probably was a woman in a wedding dress.
2: With a beard? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. She had her mother's beard. Oh, no. The local resident who was propositioned by the man in the dress said he was horrified by the incident. He told and he's that, going back again next Thursday. <laughs> he told the Daily, I intend to do some business in the village. went and, w- and, I, and I went in I had in to drop to- a
1: juice, so I went in, yeah.
2: <laughs> and I went in to use the gentleman's public convenience, which adjoins the car park. Imagine my shock and horror when I entered the toilet to find a bearded man in his late 50s or early 60s.
1: Did he take him up the aisle?
2: Wearing a full white (laughs) wedding dress. You're terrible! (laughs) This is a serious story. It is
1: very serious. I'm concerned for the people of Newton Poppleford.
2: Yes, this person invited him into the cubicle and stated that the toilets in Newton Poppleford... Are a well-known gay haunt advertised and promoted on the national website. I didn't know there was a national website for
1: that. Yeah, Greg's found that. Yeah, he's oh. There,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the man wearing the white wedding dress did not seem at all concerned. Hang on a second. By my alarm at his presence. How
1: do you get? To that point. In a white wedding dress. Yeah, what is it? Do you turn up in the wedding (laughs) dress? Do you drive the car? Do you dress there? Has he got a rucksack with him? There's many questions to be answered here.
2: Mary, all he wanted was marriage. Marriage. Yeah, I'm sure that's
1: not what all he wanted. No? No, I think he probably wanted a bit more than marriage.
2: Oh, I don't Mm -hmm. think so. It's a nice day for a
1: white wedding. Start again. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, with the K2 meter and the dead battery, it is Heather, who never got off the heady score of minus two. And in resplendent first place with the $33,000 IR cameras, myself, who scored four points tonight. Do not fear, listener, remember we are back with a whole new bunch of morose, depressed, melancholy stories from China next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world, the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee you can also join my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips and remember now we have archives on soundcloud.com if you type in mqta radio we are going to do an extra 20 to 25 minutes now in a round called not for your mother my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris shetan drainer kim Greg gore and all of the international paranormal society into paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area Paris. Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.